have you noticed that politicians struggle to enact the things they run on? That regardless of who wins elections, lawmakers find they cannot pass whatever legislation they like. They find themselves bound by what is popular or at least their sense of it. They can only act within a narrow set of ideas, and that range is called the Overton Window. And on the Overton Window podcast, we look at issues around the country and talk to the people who change what is politically possible. Last year, 14 states cut their income tax rates. That is, they reduce the percentage that they take from a person's income. When confronted with the COVID-19 pandemic, some lawmakers thought it was a good time to lessen the burden of government, and lawmakers in other states are looking to cut their taxes as well. And to talk about what is going on here and why, I'm joined by Grover Norquist, president for, of Americans for Tax Reform, where he's been an advocate and strategist for less burdensome taxes since 1985. Grover, welcome. Good to, good to be with you. Why are so many states lowering their taxes? Well, it's, it's an interesting combination of things. One is that there have been enough studies that uh, U-Haul trucks get picked up in California, New York, and drop people off in Tennessee, Texas, and Florida, mm -hmm. that people are moving from high-income tax states to states with no income taxes or very low uh, income taxes. Uh, about every year, they do that study on how come you, it's so expensive to get a U-Haul from California to Texas and uh, uh, actually less, you know, there's this tremendous demand to get out of the blue states. And uh, people know it anecdotally. Uh, so two things happen. There are enough people know the story because they know someone who did it. So it's real in their life. Uh, and also you're seeing it in the statistics. Uh, th there's a wonderful website uh, that uh, How Money Walks which covers uh, not only how many individuals leave New York and go to Florida, and they give you all collections of two connections of two states, uh, but how much money they earn. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing that not just are people leaving New York, but the people leaving New York and the people leaving California have real incomes. And so when they move to other states, they buy houses, they buy groceries, they are part of the economy, uh, and it really matters when uh, these sorts of people pick up and move. Everything from their contributions they make to charity mm -hmm. to uh, what restaurants they go to, not ones in California. Uh, <laughs> so a recognition that this is a big deal. Two, uh, wonderful statistics that have come out recently got a little more attention. New York State is about the same size as Florida, okay? If you can imagine that, people 20, 40 years ago being told that that would one day be true, they'd laugh at you. Florida was a mm -hmm. backwater. New York was where it was. There are now 2 million more people in Florida than in New York. New York's smaller for, 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 in terms of population than Florida. New York State has a budget, tax, government spending budget, twice Florida's, twice. So they spend twice as much per capita in New York providing wonderful services, question mark. Why do people mm -hmm. leave these wonderful services? They are, in fact, paying for incredible pensions, too many bureaucrats, too many government workers, too much priced up cost of roads. Uh, the roads in Florida are better. The schools in Florida are better. Everything better in Florida and Texas and Tennessee <laughs> than high tax states, which spend a lot of money, but don't actually provide services that match the amount of money they spend. So people know they're moving out of high tax states to low tax states. They know they're not going, well, 
you know, maybe they're going there, but the, but the services are rotten and they just want to sit on all their income and count their money like Scrooge McDuck. That's not it either. It's a better government and a better lifestyle and a better and less expensive government, but better government, better roads, better schools uh, in these. By the way, I uh, want to stop you there because that's one of the things that I think people take for granted, or at least uh, the way that they proposed. Like, look, if you're going to pay more in taxes, you're going to get higher quality government. And it's just not the case. Like, uh, I, I mean, so much of, of our current expenses go to pay for underfunded pensions. I mean, that's the overbloated government of the past that we have to pay de- these debts down that don't improve the, the, the quality of government services today. Also, people know they don't have to live in the same place they work. COVID mm-hmm. did the Democrats a big un- unfavor here by exposing both the problems in the public schools for parents to see up front and close, but also to break the connection between you need to live in San Francisco to be in high tech. You need to live in New York to be in uh, the banking or financial industry. So people know that's not the case. Add on top of that, uh, there are eight states that have no income tax. And so you have models. And 10 states now are in the process of having decided we're going to zero. And we can briefly go through those if you want. Well, I mean, first, I kind of want to know, it's 14 states that have passed tax cuts. Why so much interest now? Well, for all of those reasons, which is lower taxes are people understand the value of them in tax competition more clearly than they didn't. Going to zero is the end game, the the, the, the extreme version of cut taxes 10%. Um, but once you start down that road, what's the argument for not going to 20, 30, 40, 50? The answer is there isn't a good one. Get rid of the income tax. Mm. You'll you're, you'll have a better state. Uh, now, add to that that the federal government threw a bunch of money up in the air. So states have some money that they didn't have to steal themselves and they can use that to uh, reduce both reduce other spending, but take 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 taxes lower. Mm. The law that mansion of West Virginia snuck into, stuck into, snuck into the uh, $1.9 trillion spending bill that was supposed to be about COVID, uh, said, you can't take any of this money to lower taxes. He hates the governor of uh, West Virginia because mm-hmm. he's a Republican. He hates the governor of West Virginia because he's governing better than Manchin did as governor. Uh, and he has a Republican legislature and they're cutting taxes and they're doing school choice mm-hmm. and they're doing all the things Manchin hates because he's not a moderate or a lib- or conservative. He's, he's a liberal with some bits of sanity that get in the way of doing everything the left wants to do. Uh, and, so, and so he's a big improvement over your average progressive, but he's still very, very mm-hmm. left of center on taxes and spending and labor union bosses beating up on workers if they want to. He doesn't care. Uh, so you take all of those um, things and all that lovely money that was there and states, the courts have struck down the Mansion Amendment uh, every time it's come up because it's just silly. Uh, of course, states can do what they want with money that the feds have given them. Uh, And uh, the way they did it was they said the Treasury Secretary will decide whether a dollar from Washington was one of the dollars in the tax cut. Mm -hmm. That's not a law. That's that's ruled by one person. And that's been laughed out of court. So all of that lovely money can be used to make it easier to cut taxes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, on top of that, the federal government gave states a ton of money because they thought states were going to lose revenue. And that just never happened. State revenues have been strong. They've been up. There's a lot more money that's available to reduce the burden of government if they want. But I do want to. Yeah. 
So I do want to cover this that point that you made that 10 states are considering eliminating one of their taxes. I mean, this is really important because until fairly recently, no state had ever gotten rid of a tax without replacement. States create taxes, they don't get rid of them. They become dependent on the revenues that, that are generated by these taxes. They take it for granted and they don't even consider it. So do you think like this is a turning point on state tax policy? It is a massive turning point. Uh, as you say, the Overton window has shifted. It used to be homeschoolers were considered weird and illegal, and now they win all of the spelling bees, okay? It used to be that the states with no income tax were asserted they were poor, impoverished states that the income tax wouldn't get them any money or something. There's something wrong with them. Or they were Alaska and they had oil, so that's not really fair, okay? So there were some yeah. exceptions, but, you know, doesn't explain South Dakota or Washington State or Tennessee. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but, but there was an effort to demonize and just, we don't have to talk about that. It's not a real thing, okay? Mm-hmm. There are exceptions, and, it, and it's a bad idea anyway. That has gone out the window. Um, and as states have begun, North Carolina 10 years ago started to go to zero. They brought their corporate income tax down to where it will be zero in, in, in six years. They're phasing it out completely then. They've taken it down to two and a half percent from about over seven. Uh, they're taking their individual rate down. Uh, it'll be at four percent in a couple of years, 3.99, and then it goes to zero. So in the next five to 10 years, certainly, may, probably sooner, they get a Republican uh, governor, but they're doing this over the veto of the Democrat governor now. Um, they will continue to phase the income tax and the corporate incomes, personal and inc- to zero. Okay, mm-hmm. and people have watched that happen, and revenue keeps coming in stronger uh, than before. The economy's growing; uh, it's getting better as every step they take. That the left said this will kill every everyone will die, we'll all starve, on all the horror stories, and. It gets better and better and better. And now the left has just shut up about the subject. They've just shut up. They want to talk about something else. Um, so watch that. New Hampshire uh, has, does not have a wage tax, but it does tax dividends and interest, your life savings, your 401k, your, your, your savings. So if you move from Massachusetts when you quit working and you move to New Hampshire, it doesn't do you any good mm-hmm. because 5% tax on dividends and interest that phases out to zero. That that law is passed. That is zero in five years. So those are the next two states that will definitely get to zero. Louisiana passed a law that in the next 15 years, if the economy grows enough, it'll phase down to zero. Whenever revenue comes in above their spending limit, that goes into a permanent income tax cut. It goes down. Uh, they've written in such a way that in 15 years of strong growth, you get to zero. Otherwise, you just get towards zero. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. But they also had to pass a constitutional amendment in order to allow the legislature to change their rates and cut them at all. So before this, it took a constitutional amendment to cut income taxes. Mm. Now it's simple majority of the legislature. So they really broke down the wall that got away. Do you, do you recall what the vote was on that? Uh, in Louisiana, they uh, they they got it with Democrat uh, support, and um, it. It, they either went over the veto of the governor or they got him to back off okay. and not, not veto. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. They got the governor's support because they put in some tax change that he wanted that was not particularly interesting, but fine. We'll a little take bit it. of horse trading. Get what you want. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, continue on, on some of the other states that are considering. Arizona. Arizona's mm-hmm. top rate was 8% thanks to some left-wing initiative they ran. This is now going to go down to 2.5% over the next three, four years. 
flat rate instead of a graduated rate, go to two and a half percent flat rate, at which point the governor and the leaders in the House and Senate say we're then going to zero. So there are two things, cutting taxes and whether the governor, the Senate and the House, the Republican Party, these, these tend to be red states, announce we're going to zero. Not are we just ta cutting taxes this week, we're going to zero. Idaho was one of those 14 states that you mentioned that cut taxes last year. They cut taxes again this year. They've never said they're going to zero. So while it's very interesting that they've cut taxes, people go, that's nice. But if you want to decide where to move your factory and where to move yourself, you don't move to the one that cut taxes and then sat on it. You want to go to the state that says, every time we cut taxes, this is part of a plan. We're getting to zero. We're going to zero. We're going to zero. By the time you get here, we may be at zero, but think about coming. Um, I think Idaho eventually will dawn on them. You mm -hmm. do know you're on track to zero. Say it. I met with the governor of uh, Oklahoma. They have a significant tax cut they're putting through and a very good school choice uh, proposal, one of the most dramatic. The good news is all the new school proposals are more dramatic, bigger, and more inclusive than all the previous ones. So the heroes that did all the ice, uh, you know, the, that got us through and broke, broke the ice that, was, that allowed us to get there, the new states are actually kind of ahead of them. Um, it's very, it's very cheerful, very fun. And then the states yet will do even better on school choice. But uh, so you're looking at Iowa. They're, the governor's announced we're going from six and a half to four. The state Senate says, that's great. We want to go to zero. The governor says, I'm not arguing with that. Um, so we have an agreement. We're going to zero, but we're going to start by taking six and a half to four and then seeing and moving from there. Uh, Oklahoma, the governor has a big tax cut and he wants to go to zero. He talked about the no income tax states in his state of the state two weeks ago. Uh, so uh, both in Arkansas and in South Carolina, the Republican governor or in Arkansas, the incoming governor, Sarah Huckabee, uh, have said, my goal, zero, this is where we're going, uh, and which is extremely helpful in setting the tone and the pace for the state. Uh, and uh, New Hampshire's there in five years. Oh, Wisconsin, the House and the Senate will vote this uh, session to phase the income tax uh, down to isn't zero. That, isn't uh, that a pretty Republic? purple state, too? It's a purple state. They have a Democratic governor. He'll veto it, then they'll get a better governor. <laughs> South Dakota, uh, North Dakota, North, South Dakota has no income tax. North Dakota is at two and a half. Uh, their House has voted to go to zero. Now it's up to the Senate. In West Virginia, the Senate's voted to go to zero. The House said, how about a 10% across the board tax cut? Uh, not a bad start on the way to zero. Uh, so they're just debating how to get to zero. Mississippi, again, the House has moved, uh, got a 98 to 12 vote to phase out the income tax over 10 years. Now it's in the Senate side to, to vote. Um, so that's a lot of states considering a lot of important reforms. Um, taxes, uh, you mentioned that it's largely red states that are doing this and taxes tend to be a partisan issue, which is that Republicans want to cut taxes, Democrats want to increase it. Is it only going to be in red states or, or, or is there something that, that actually the Democrats are looking at this and saying, you know, it might actually be popular to reduce, uh, reduce taxes. When you're digging yourself into a hole, step one is to stop digging. So what we have seen from the blue states is the governor of New York, the incoming lady governor who replaced Cuomo. Um, she gave a speech the other day. The speech consisted of, I'm not raising taxes. I'm not raising taxes. I'm not raising taxes. <laughs> now, why did she have to say it three times in order to be believed in New York? Probably because the last 25 Democrats who ever who promised 
no taxes or no taxes on you lied. So uh, New York said we can't do this. Connecticut has talked about not doing it, but I'm not, you know, New Jersey swore up and down. The governor barely got himself reelected, swearing he'd never do that again. Um, you know, but at, at, at some point, when you're dealing with Ted Bundy, you just don't trust him on the next state, you know, regardless of what he's willing to promise you. Uh, California uh, says we're never doing this again, but but they've already passed a bill to take the rate even higher than it is today. So the left's this won't happen again in the really deep blue states that the unions have just bankrupted. Um, I don't know that they fix themselves without a, the Argentina kind of collapse and jarring of of things. But there is a sense, and 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 you've seen California was going to uh, double their income tax in order to pay for single payer, and then they didn't do it. When was the last time California had a stupid idea that they didn't pass into law? I mean, that's it. Really is. So the the craziest states are pulling back and going, well, maybe we're not going to cut taxes, but we're not going to raise them right now. So that's that's a pause that could be a U-turn. In Colorado, uh, Polis, the Democrat governor there, he raises taxes like crazy, but not on income. Uh, lots of fees, stuff like that. Very expensive if you live there, but not income taxes. He has said the proper income tax in, in Colorado is zero, which is not a bad, you know, self-awareness. Um, yeah, so, and, that, and there's a great uh, conservative think tank uh, there that John Caldera runs, Independent Institute. And what they do is they put on the ballot a drop, they have a flat rate income tax in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so everybody gets a tenth of a point for, you know, five to 4.9. And they passed it with the governor's support. Hmm. And this year they're putting it on the ballot again with another limit. Uh, and so we're looking at and, and they're looking to do a trigger where it's to, to cap spending growth. And then underneath that, there'll be a permanent income tax cut that will, over time, bring the income tax down. And depending on how they finally write it, could be to zero. Uh, that is a blue state that has already voted once to phase down the income tax. If you have a single rate tax. Illinois does, Massachusetts does, Colorado does, all the zero states do. Arizona is about to go to one, two and a half. It's easier to cut taxes because when you cut taxes, you cut them for everybody. And it's more difficult to raise taxes because when you raise them, you raise them on everybody. The old Biden, Clinton, Obama trick of saying, I'm only going to mug 2% of you. Mm. Turns out to always be a lie, but, but it gets them past the election and CBS doesn't question it. Uh, so they say, well, I'm going to mug 2% of you. The rest of you may want to step out of the room. This won't be pleasant. It may get a little loud, uh, but it's not you we're mugging right now. Uh, if you divide people into groups, you can mug them one at a time. But once you have a single rate tax, that avenue is not. That's why Massachusetts tax burden is not as crazy as New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. Single rate tax. Ditto Illinois, oddly enough. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, tax cut politics. Uh, what are the benefits uh, the lawmakers see when they cut taxes? The good news about tax cuts is people appreciate it. Uh, all the polling tells you people want lower taxes. They want the death tax repealed, even though most people don't pay the death tax. Mm -hmm. Envy is not a popular um, uh, position. Uh, sometimes you can get the poll to ask, you know, you know, do you think the rich are paying their fair share? Well, they've been told no. 
But at the end of the day, if we raise taxes on rich people, do you think yours are coming down? No. Uh, if you raise taxes on rich people, do you think that'll get control of government? No. Uh, so the, kind of a trust issue of uh, yeah, we're all in this together anyway. Yeah. So um, the politics, the Democrats think hate and envy is a is are not deadly sins, but they're a political program. And the challenge for them on that is the American people are not Bulgaria 1956. They don't work that way. They like when their brother succeeds. They like to see their friend do well. They would like to do well. They see someone with a nice house. They say, I want one, not I'd like to burn his down. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a very different culture we have in the United States than, a, than in much of the rest of the world and parts of Rhode Island. So th there you have a real opportunity to be the pro-growth opportunity party. Taxes, the Americans for Tax Forum, the group that I uh, organize, uh, started in 1986 asking all candidates to sign a written pledge, I'll oppose and vote against any tax hike. Presidents, congressmen, senators, governors, state legislators. At the national level, we've had every Republican governor make take the pledge. Bush broke it, but when Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush, the first one, but when he broke it and lost the presidency, all the Republicans said, wow, that's a powerful pledge. The American people know it's a powerful pledge. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take it and keep it. <laughs> and then they'll never beat me. Uh, and so since 94, we got about 98% of the people take the pledge. We haven't had a Republican vote for a tax increase since 94. We haven't had a, a, a tax pass if the Republicans had the House or the Senate in Washington, D.C. Uh, and the Republicans, in, whereas the 60 years before 1994, FDR up until Gingrich, the Republicans held the House and Senate for four years total, two years under Eisenhower, two years under Truman, four of 62 one out of every 15 years. That's like being irrelevant. That one party state in DC. Since 94, the Republicans have held the House and the Senate 60% of the time, more than half. That was a change in the world because people will vote for the party that does not raise their taxes. Now we lost it in 2006 because we were the party that would invade small countries we couldn't pronounce. But as long as we can keep that down to a dull roar, the American people trust the party that won't raise their taxes because when you say you won't raise taxes, it means the following. I will reform government, not raise your taxes, because that's always the choice. Should we reform schools or just pay everybody more and act like we did something? Uh, who are the uh, what are the political pressures that the lawmakers face to reject tax cuts? Oh, um, we can't afford it, uh, meaning we have spending plans. Uh, we're not capable of reforming government is what they're saying. And they just need to be reminded of what they're saying. I'm incompetent. I can't reform government. I can only raise taxes. Uh, there aren't particularly good rules, uh, uh, good arguments. Uh, some would say, well, in Kansas, they had a, a, a cut in income taxes and, and then the Democrats came into power and they raised taxes. Like, therefore, the tax cut failed. Well, they also had a Supreme Court, which mandated about a half a billion dollars spending out of the blue, completely unconstitutional. And the Republicans should have impeached those governors, those Supreme Court mm -hmm. justices, but they didn't. Um, and so you and, and you did have a block of some Republicans who, together with the D's, fought spending cuts. And therefore, you couldn't manage mm -hmm. the lower, you know, keep spending down so that the, the tax reduction would play out well. But the big thing was the forced uh, massive spending by the, the, the courts, which shouldn't mm -hmm. be able to, can't constitutionally spend money. Um, and by the way, 
with the tax cuts you, for the small business, you had this incredible explosion of small business growth, and which which they then the other team shut down. Now, mind you, uh, the Republicans have taken back the House and the Senate, uh, and they're about to elect a Republican president. And that was a state that had gotten into all sorts of very weird immigration. They're not anywhere near the border, but they got into all sorts of immigration rhetoric. Instead of focusing on pay and taxes and so on, they they nominated a guy who couldn't win the governorship. And so the mm-hmm. D's were in control. Um, so there are a whole series of things that went wrong there. Um, the tax, the idea of cutting taxes was not the problem. Um, and because we have so many states cutting taxes more aggressively than Kansas, it's a little bit of a sad argument for the left to go, but Kansas, um, <laughs> it doesn't do what they want. So I like how you're focused on the public debate, which is like, this is popular, this is supportable, your uh, your residents are going to like this, uh, uh, versus we can't afford it, um, and and it's just too complicated for us to figure out how to, uh, how to lower taxes. But I mean, these lawmakers are still under immense pressure from all the people who receive government funding, your schools, your local governments, I mean, um, uh, uh, the uh, the recipients of social welfare programs. I mean, that's a huge constituency that has a direct concentrated benefits and making sure that you don't do this. Oh, that's the other team. The other team are the beneficiaries of of looting the cities uh, and taking that money and spending it. So um, there is a very real structure in the modern democratic party who's there trial lawyers they make money suing people and they want laws to allow them to destroy your job and your business by suing you to get money for them big donors of the democratic party the labor unions which make their money teachers union in wisconsin a thousand dollars dues for a teacher with a base pay of fifty thousand dollars a year uh that's a lot of money that you get that you then use to lobby with the big city political machines the corruption there finances, political efforts. In Texas, Texas, they haven't yet passed a law to ban local governments from using taxpayers' money to lobby the state. Now, I'm not talking about the mayor not being able to come. The mayor can come and say, I'd like to talk to you. I like this program. They hire lobbyists who then write chick campaign checks, which are directly coming from the city's budget, right? The city gives you a million dollars. You keep half of that, the rest you buy votes with. And so your taxpayer funding of campaign contributions, lobbying, and the, the power of the cities hiring lobbyists with money they take by force from the people who live in the town, the city, the county, um, is what's perpetuating some of the misspending. Texas does well with a, a, a lean state government. They have fat and incompetent local governments in Texas mm. that waste a bunch of money and that have huge amounts of debt. That needs to be cleaned up. And that's why they hire all those lobbyists to say, hey, state, go take money from people, give it to us. So it doesn't look like we're incompetent and have to raise taxes because we're spending so much. Make it look like somebody else made the mistake. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of uh, talked about the politics of this and like the public debate around around taxes, but you're an active player in a lot of these things. Like you're actively encouraging these states to adopt uh, tax cuts. How do you actually do that? Like what do you do to encourage these places to lower their taxes? Uh, step one, we have a center right meeting in D.C. About 100 people uh, every week get together, broad center right, the entire Reagan coalition 
everybody who voted for Reagan or would have if they were the right age. Um, and so it's a broad coalition, party people, businessmen and women, people who care about religious liberty, the Second Amendment, everybody who's in, vapors who want to be able to vape legally. Uh, if the government messes with you, we want you in the room because we're all on the same team. We all want the government to leave us alone. There are 44 states that have similar meetings, usually in the state capitol, uh, but Florida has four and will soon have six such meetings. Uh, and in terms of organizing in Miami and Naples and Orlando and Jacksonville, as well as in Tallahassee, the, the capital. So having a network, I was just before joining you, I was by Zoom uh, in New Hampshire with their meeting, 100 people in the room uh, and on, and on mm-hmm. video. And they had the former speaker and the present party chair chair that room. They led the fight to reduce spending. They led the fight to phase out the income tax, the, the outside group, working and many state legislators in the room. Uh, and the governor sends someone on a regular basis. So the elected officials and the various structures that want liberty talk to each other every month, at least in New Hampshire, every week in D.C. Uh, it's usually monthly at the state level. It's that level of network. I was, I was just in uh, West Virginia, where the House and the Senate are on different pages, but in the same direction than the governor, mm-hmm. and making sure people are there all talking to each other. We do a conference call once a month of all the groups, states, that are looking to phase out their income tax. So 10 states, the governor might come, the governor might have his chief of staff, the leaders in the House and Senate uh, are join the group, and then... The, uh, LePage, who's running for governor in Maine, he was governor for eight years. He's he's on the call because he wants to go to zero. That's his camp, part of his campaign in Maine. But make me governor. Our income tax is too high. We need to be like New Hampshire next door, have zero uh, mm-hmm. or get to zero. So it, it's making sure everyone in the in Arizona. We we ran a, a coalition meeting, a, a virtually of the House leadership, the Senate leadership, the governor, the outside groups that were trying to be helpful in all of that. Uh, making sure we had the vote count, making sure we're all on the same page, that nobody had the local newspapers explain they couldn't work with somebody else. Talk to each other directly. Don't let the newspapers tell you who your friends can be. How optimistic are you about the future of taxes? Um, I think at the state level, because of 50 states with competition, we will get, our goal is, is 50 states with no income tax by 2050 in 30 years. Um, I think we could do that. Um, but I think uh, just fumbling forward, we get half the states. If mm. we do our job right, we'll get all 50 states. And eventually, when half the states have no income tax, the other ones just cannot maintain that. Uh, similarly, we started the competition among countries when Trump said we're going to take the corporate from 35, worst in the world, to 21, which is OK. And he wanted to go to 15, which would have made us one of the better states. We get a Republican president to go with the House and Senate. We end the cartel. The Democrats desperately want an international cartel to keep taxes up. So countries, so they go, we run the United States of America, say the Democrats right now. We're incompetent. We can't do it better than the Germans or anybody else. So we want everyone to agree to a certain level of big spending, high tax incompetence. And then none of us look bad because nobody's growing faster than anyone else. We get back on track maintain the Trump tax cuts, take the corporate rate from 21 down toward to 15, towards zero, frankly. It's a ridiculous tax that just hides who pays it. Uh, and then the rest of the world will have to compete. The reason why the rest of the world was lower than us was we went from 50 to 35 under Reagan, went 50 to 34 under Reagan, 
Clinton took it up to 35. <laughs> the rest of the world said, look at that. And they all took their rates from 50 and higher down to mm -hmm. below 35 ahead of us. And we sat there since 86 until just about a couple of years ago and like completely unaware that the rest of the world was eating our lunch. And one of the problems was we were at 35, which at one point was pretty cool. <laughs> Not when everyone else is lower. Mm -hmm. All right, Grover, thank you for coming on and good luck uh, shifting the Overton window. Thank you for the opportunity to chat with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overton Window, a podcast from the Mackinac Center. Please subscribe and rate. For more, check us out at www.mackinaw.org. That's Mackinac with a C, like the island.